0: everybody, welcome back to the Winging It F1 podcast. I'm Freddie Coates, I'm going to be your host today for our Russian Grand Prix review episode. I'm joined with my co-presenter Nigel Chu for us to talk about what was actually a strangely exciting Russian Grand Prix. Nigel, are you in shock that we had a good Russian Grand Prix? You know what?
1: After qualifying, no. But I think before qualifying, yes. Because, you know, everyone expected it to be say he's won two. It wasn't. So, in a way, no. But this season is just a season that keeps on giving, isn't it? It has been unbelievable. And this this race today was just, just mad, was it? I mean, I was screaming a lot, as you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's this 2021 F1 season. I think if you'd said everything that happened in it, Um, on a sort of uh, prediction or bingo card or something about in in the start of March, you'd have been laughed out of every room in the land and other lands too, because it was just, it's just been ridiculous. I I think you come off one, it it was kind of normal for for F1 for the past however long, to have a good race, like say say Monza, where there's so many sort of storylines at the front of the grid and at the back of the grid and all over the place. And it's normal to have that and be like, okay, cool. Well, we're going to have a few sort of um, dull, not dull, but not quite as hyped races. But yeah. the level of hype and the level of excitement that we're able to get from every race pretty much this year and every weekend, not just races, qualifying generic stuff around it, has been brilliant. We've just been spoiled, haven't we? It's, it's just. Yeah. Like- but what you get when you have shocks, when you have surprises, when you have topsy-turvy, crazy seasons is, yeah, you get excitement. Yeah, you get happiness, but you also get heartbreak. And the devastation, the devastating result of the Russian Grand Prix was that Lando Norris didn't win it. And you might, if you, you might think, oh, it's fine. He hasn't won any Grand Prix, so it's normal. But no. No one is thinking that. I don't even know why I suggested that someone listening to this podcast should be thinking that because <laughs> you don't. You're upset. I know you are. I know Nigel, I had to comfort him. I had, he, he was crying into my shoulders and I had to pat him on the back and say it'll be okay because it was... Oh, Nigel, do you want to just sum up Lando's day for, for us?
1: Well, he lost it at the start of science one off a, spe- a spectacular move at the start at turn two, but then he stayed patient, I think lap 12, lap 13, he got back past, uh, built up a 10-second lead, which was crucial, and then obviously Harleton, uh he ended up chasing him after Haroldson had uh, his race, which was uh, very interesting, and then there was just a battle for the lead for the final, what, 20 laps, and Norris Kept him behind in that two-second window. Really smart. I think he saved his tyres a bit, so then he could match Hamilton's pace or have enough pace to keep Hamilton behind. And then when the rain came with five laps to go, it finally came. So often in F1, people say, "Oh, it's going to rain in ten minutes. It's going to rain at the end of the race," and it never comes. But this time it actually did. And out of all of the races, it's come at a time when Norris was on course for victory, and I think. He would have won if it didn't rain. Is that something you think, Freddie?
0: I think so. I think something Lewis thought as well. Lewis Hamilton. He said in his post immediately in his podium interviews that he thought Lando had him covered. And every lap, you you could watch the gap in real time grow in sector three to a point where he wouldn't. You just escape DRS detection and wouldn't be able to get close enough at all. And this was going so what, lap 47, 48, when it got a bit slippery. Before that, it was it was sort of a routine defense from Lando Norris. It was great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, we, we, we can talk about the strategy call. It was his choice, wasn't it, I think, from what we heard on the radio Yes. But, you know, I, I thought it was okay, so I thought he was doing the right thing, so you know I, I, I'm not going to. Criticizing him too much, yes it's a mistake but only with hindsight and it really was 50-50 because had the rain stopped then he would have won but it, it didn't uh, so you know, it is a mistake but it's just, it's just you know, I, th- I think he's showed well, he's already shown this season that he is going to win multiple races and this, I think today he just proved that he can be at the front, he can deal with the pressure, you know, of a seven-time world champion and, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just fantastic, really. And it, he is a future star. Well, he, he's a star now, actually. Yeah. So, so, yeah, just misfortune, I think.
0: Yeah, the the weather just turned on a dime, didn't it? There was sort of a lap crossover around lap 49-50, where it became from sort of, yeah, you can maybe survive this on slicks if you're canny, if you're clever. If you're a driver who's able to get pole position in these kind of conditions the day before, Lando Norris, um, but it, it became all of a sudden a washout, and we were as shocked as Lando Norris at that because we were on board with Lando for the, all of that. We were fo- as as viewers, we were watching that. We were watching Lando in sector one in a dry sector, and then keep the gap to Hamilton at 25 seconds and that kind of thing. And think maybe he can come around the next lap and keep a safe pit stop and come out and keep this win and then he gets to turn five and we can't see a thing and it's treacherous awful oh my goodness it was it was what they weren't racing in on Saturday morning basically and yeah it was ridiculous how the weather just did that and I mean, it has a knack for that. those kind of weather formations off the sea and around mountains and things like that. I mean, I'm not a meteorologist, but those kind of wind formations don't help it. Um, And it just turned on a dime and threw itself at Lando Norris in the worst possible way. And he went from being 20 seconds ahead, leaving sector one to about 300 metres later, being overtaken by Lewis Hamilton. So it was it was. Yeah. It was really sad to see, but you could sort of tell on that lap, but it was only on that lap. I think mm. there are a lot of people who went for slicks probably about probably a little bit too early. I think the best position to be on track for slicks was 40 seconds behind, not slicks, wet, sorry. It was 40 yeah. seconds behind where Lando and Lewis were fighting, which is why it paid off well for Max Verstappen, I think.
1: Uh, I mean, just one more point. I mean, before they went to Winters, Hamilton and Norris' pace was ridiculous. The gap they pulled, they were seconds quicker than the rest of the field. What I mean, what... 30 they
0: 30 seconds ahead of Paris, there. I think.
1: Yeah, it was... I think mean, they like, almost doubled the gap they had to third. It was incredible bravery. They were pushing each other.
0: And, and I think it's
1: one of those scenarios where it's worse to be in the lead. Because like, if you pick from the lead and give away the lead like that with five laps to go, it takes some proper... It takes a ballsy decision, yeah. quite frankly. So I think he was, he was one of them. And if Hamilton was in the lead, Norris was second. Mm-hmm. I think Norris wins the race because I think Norris will do what you know how what Hamilton did today. So I think it was just one of those uh, <laughs> awkward decisions. Like, were being the race leader is a bad thing, but yeah, unfortunate. But his race win will definitely come. to.
0: Lando had Lando was the only one in the position where he had nothing to gain, everything to lose, everything yeah. to lose. Whereas um Lewis was still already gaining in the championship, but could have could, had, had potential to gain even more, had the potential to get his hundredth win. And he's going to, and Mercedes are going to push for that. And everyone else behind. Um, It was involved in so many sort of little DRS trains for so long that that everything was opportunity, any opportunity for a gamble in one of those is is just perfection for them. They were probably loving it. So Lando's in was in the worst position at that point. And it's the last thing you want as as a race leader when you've got it covered is a variable that just throws it out of the picture.
1: Plus, as, as well, if, you know, in those conditions, you kind of think there's going to be a safety car because someone would have it. So if there was a yeah. safety car, you know, Norwich probably would have won as well. It might have been able to hold on to six, or he would have got a cheaper pit stop, perhaps. It's you really know, a like it, point, that. Came just before, so. Uh, but incredibly, everyone kept it out of the wall, apart from lamp Straw when he bumped into Gasly and his teammate and stuff. But yeah. apart from that, it was much cleaner than I thought, so. Yeah, but he he was unlucky with with that as well, because normally we do see more
0: incidents when it starts hosing it down. But for a race with so much happening, it was a surprise that there were basically no stoppages. Um, Mm -hmm. It was... We've got kind of used to sort of long races this year, red flags, lots of safety cars, all of that kind of thing. That's happened a lot. And for this sort of a race to be so mad, but to run in the sort of, you know scheduled allotted time and that kind of thing is, is kind of weird in a way, but it's kind of also how it's normal now how it should be. It was an hour and a half. The race felt like it had so much to give and you, you get to a point where it's like, oh it's lap 18 and <laughs> we think they've got four more pit stops to make or something ridiculous based on what the hell's going on with the tyres now and all that kind of stuff. It was ridiculous. But I think we should move on to the, the um to the winner of the race, Lewis Hamilton he didn't he did he did the same as lando he disobeyed the team saying why don't we pit now and the team mercedes were more assertive than mclaren were it's 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 always been the philosophy let the driver decide the, the the tire the driver knows the track but the team do have the cooler heads in competition and in these situations it was kind of yeah there a mold, a decision a mold of decisions kind of needed from both sides. And Mercedes were a bit more um on it with getting Hamilton in and saying, No, you we'll put inches on you. Um, but because the, the gap back from Hamilton was 30 odd seconds to wherever the others were, so it was a bit easier to keep second, but they did that and it worked wonders. Um, but yeah, his hundredth win, but I think a kind of scrappy weekend from Lewis. I to be honest,
1: I, I, I agree. I, I'm in two minds because he's he's won, so you know, that's not all you can do, and it's his hundredth yeah. win as well. But it doesn't feel like it's his hundredth I win. Mean, I thought I'd be a lot more
0: triumphant, Yeah,
1: about, you know, oh my word! But I don't know if it's because you know of Norris or whatever, but or maybe it was the mistakes he made on Saturday and ultimately didn't hmm. matter. But they are making too many mistakes, Hamilton and Mercedes this year for me. And they're, they're fortunate to you know, be in the lead of the both championships. Uh, so I am into minds with that because I think to win a title, as Howlton's proven seven times, you've got to minimise your mistakes. And he's not done that. But you know, he has won. Uh, I don't think it was I don't think it was lucky. I think because I think, you know, it's the same conditions for everyone, really. So, you know, I, I, I don't think it was a fortunate win. I, I, he was there as well. when He was patient when he came through the traffic because he was stuck behind Ricardo, wasn't he, in the first half of the race? But then, yes, uh, when he
0: changed to the hard tyres, well, um, stuck right. behind Russell, really.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, which we'll get onto. Um, but yeah, yeah, his his qualifying his Saturday form wasn't wasn't perfect. Hit the wall twice. I, don't, I can't remember the last time Lewis Hamilton hit the wall twice in a session, um, on pit entry, and then on what was eventually his flying lap. He spun in, in sector three, and they did change his rear wing for this race. Qualified fourth behind Lando Norris, who got pole position, Carlos Sainz, who was second, and George Russell, who was a pretty brilliant third. Um, Hamilton, from that position, was still the favourite to win the race, um, and which he did do, eventually, long time coming. Um well, yeah, I, I think the race drive kind of redeemed a lot of the sort of scraps for me. Um, and when he was in clean air, his pace was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And he has regained the championship lead by by two points, I think. Is it two points? Yeah, yeah sure. two points. Because uh, Norris had the fast slap, um, not Max or him. So it's very tight going to Turkey. Um, anything else you want to add on Lewis's race? Oh,
1: I think what it is, it's just. I'm trying to find the right words because I don't want to sound super critical, but just. It's I don't not know, a I like it's
0: weekend, is it? That,
1: this position, like, it doesn't feel right, or because, like, even let's take this weekend alone. You know, he wasn't the best driver. No. Arguably, not you know top three best drivers, and like, because you, know, yeah. you know you can argue Norris, Alonso, uh, Russell, perhaps you know Stappen science. So, yeah Verstappen, Leclerc Ricardo, as well. Ricardo. Yeah. So, so all these drivers are arguably arguably better so yeah. I think that's why it doesn't quite feel uh, so right I guess that it's his 100th win and stuff so it's not like Turkey
0: think- last year where he clinched the championship yeah. and equaled yeah. Schumacher's seven, seven championships with a drive that's one of his best of all time It's not like that, but, but then again, I think we're probably being overly critical of the fact that his win wasn't spectacular because it was in a way he, he did win in a bonkers race with fierce competition up against him. Even if he wasn't the, um, the greatest on the track on that day, he was, um, still able to win in that situation. And obviously with, um, obviously with, uh, what you could say, like a 100 wins. Some of them aren't going to be necessarily the most thrilling. Um, so I think maybe we can let him off the hook a bit for that, that he didn't quite um, have the perfect race. But who knows?
1: Yeah. I missed half of what you said there, not going to lie, because I did, I did freeze. But yes, I'm going to just agree with you, even if you said <laughs> something really no, I, bad. I did,
0: I did try to cover it by just speaking generic waffle. <laughs> but um, right, second place, was probably the the most shocking second place Max Verstappen's ever got. Uh, he started twentieth because he had um, an engine penalty, and coupled with his penalty carried over from Monza, which kind of was redundant, but meant that he didn't have to qualify. He was always going to be last comparatively with other engine penalties of Leclerc, Latifi, and Bottas. Um, and yeah, wow. Yeah,
1: I think I think. Him and Bottas were probably the most fortunate from the rain, I'd say. Especially Bottas, that like bottas from nowhere. But I think Verstappen, he would have been six or seven one because when he put on that medium tire, I don't know if it was because he had to save it, because he had to do uh, do a long stint on it, or whether he just wasn't comfortable with that tire mm. compared to the hard, but it just didn't feel quite as switched on, you know, because he he, he charged early on, which is brilliant. But then but then that charge just kind of stopped in a way. So that could be something that Red Bull look at, you know, why did they struggle or, or whatever. But then, you know, you have to capitalise with the red. He says that he pitted on, on the perfect lap because if he pitted one lap earlier, the Inters would have worn out and then one lap later would have gone off. So top job from Red Bull to pit him uh, on that lap. And then second place, I mean, they have to take that. Even, even if he didn't have a grid penalty, on this track, it's second place for Verstappen first for hamilton that's what you'd expect so now they have taken the grid penalty i think yes. that's a big win for verstappen Well, not not literally but you know, he, you know it's it's well, a good no, it is
0: play. it is compared to the um the penalty that lewis probably has to take uh later down the line that means that verstappen has negated his um loss really
1: yeah
0: uh, bottas actually thinks he could have got on the podium if he'd gone a lap earlier going on to wow. Inters as well and I think he went the lap after Verstappen and Verstappen when he came out he went into the he was about six or seven I think it was when he went into the pit and he was a chunk off behind um, where you where um, sort of Alonso and uh, Perez were but he came back around and overtook them before they went into the pit so that's how good Verstappen's timing was. I think if Bottas had been around then, he could well have been. He could have well have done a similar jump, uh, yeah. but he did do a great jump as is anyway. So fifth place, I think. Yeah, he, he was. He was lucky. Um, we'll talk about Bottas now because we're on it. Because his drive wasn't necessarily worthy of the stra- bold pre-race strategy call that Mercedes put him on with a late shock engine penalty, which. Um, you can go into now and yeah, hit
1: some Yeah, I disagreed with it when I saw it because I just think what is the point in you know sacrificing a likely podium? Of course, we we you know we know his race pace wasn't great, but he could have had a one-two or one-three if it was a normal yeah. race you know, at the time. So and I think as well, he was gonna you he would have been 13 places ahead of the staff and had he started seventh rather than just uh mm. four. So I didn't really understand it from Mercedes's point of view. And as we saw in the race, he just didn't put up any defence. He was maybe surprised by it, but I really think, because I I saw at the time the previous corner of Verstappen, that was the closest he'd been. And Bottas just didn't cover the inside at all. And surely he must have looked in his mirrors at least once or twice down the straight you know, thought the staff and might go for it. We just didn't put up any offense at all, which which was a surprise, even though we know Bottas's racecraft isn't great. And then after that, I didn't see too much of him. I think he was stuck behind Gasly and stuff like that. And he didn't really overtake many cars. So it was just a pretty poor race. And it is strange because in Monza, he came through the field pretty well. But then yeah. two weeks on he can't. So it's still a problem is racecraft bot botas for me and i've always had that problem with him at least since he's been at, at mercedes so not so yeah i think he's probably probably the luckiest driver uh today because of the because of the rain at the end
0: i uh i'd agree with that i um i was a bit more open to the penal- to the engine penalty gamble at the start of it i um i- quite, i find these kind of tactics just Fun, it's just random games that make little difference, but can also make the world of difference. If if done well, he could have been a roadblock to Verstappen, because he wasn't getting past Bottas wasn't getting past anyone, but he could have prevented people getting past him, but he didn't. And that's where it sort of fell apart for Bottas. And I don't know really if they read the read the um strategy to him wrong and said. Drive your own race, conserve the tires, and maybe come back later on if they test something like that, rather than just be be a roadblock, which would and just don't be overtaken. Just drive your own race, yeah, but drive it against other people. Um, don't just. I mean, I'm you, sure, that's the reason they did it, though. Yeah, my, precisely. There are way. there were some reports that um, there was some issues with his new power unit he took in Monza, and that they discovered them on Friday. And put like one of his old power units in for qualifying and thought, "Mm, this isn't great. We need to put in a um fresh PU again, and had to, and it just meant that his his um power unit in Monza penalty was redundant, which is a bit of a worry for Mercedes, I'd say, um, for the for the rest of the season, to be honest, and, and beyond. So who knows? Maybe that's true, maybe that's not, maybe it was tactical. They said it was tactical, but tactical can mean not having a car that retires. So um who knows? Who knows? Know the, it didn't work. It was, work. A, it was problem, a fun idea, I think. I'm up for teams just doing crazy strategies. Um obviously not stupid ones, which unfortunately this one turned out to be. Um third place went to Carlos Sainz Jr. for Ferrari. Um and he had he had a strategy that I don't know you could question, but he was, I think, another lucky driver in the wet.
1: Mm. I can't remember where he was before it rained. Was Perez just overtaken him, So I think he was fourth, perhaps?
0: He was a net. Yeah, he was fourth. Um, but he was lucky was to be fourth, good, really. He, he had to go really
1: long. He pitted on like in lap 15, 16. And mm. I think he did really well to manage those hard tyres and not... Uh, you know so that the tires didn't drop off, so and he was lucky that I everyone else has slow pit
0: stops like he did,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So he did benefit, but I think even before that, I think he was going doing quite well and he kept Ricardo behind him as, as well. So I think he had a pretty strong day, science and his qualified as well, second place, fantastic,
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Second place was great. You've already spoken about his um, lovely lunge into turn one. He was surrounded by cars with very good Mercedes engines, and he was the one who took the lead in the long, whatever it is, 900 metre, nearly kilometre rundown to turn two. And he did a brilliant job. So well done to science, I think. Uh, he's really, you know, he's coming to his own and he was, he had to be the lead Ferrari this weekend because Leclerc was taking an engine, um, an engine upgrade penalty situation. Um New energy store on the Ferrari, which is apparently really, really good, um, which they'll put into Science car probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, but he had to be the lead Ferrari and he took to it like like a duck to water, really. He was great. Um fourth place was eventually Daniel Ricardo. Um he had good pace all race, I think. Yeah, good job. He had a really poor pit stop, which dropped him back, but he overtook everyone who he was dropped behind very quickly, and then put himself made it made himself a factor again, which I was very impressed with because I thought it was very easy for him just to get mired in the in the in the midfield and the lower top ten, but he, he brought himself back into the fight for the podium really. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I think this is always a tricky one with Ricardo because if you, if we're just comparing his pace to Norris, yeah. He's gone back to his average deficit, you know, two or three temps here and there, so that's the problem. But then you look at a result; it's quite good, fourth place. So it's it's a tricky one uh, because it it it, it depends if if you're someone like me who compares teammates or if you're looking at a result. Because I think the result's good, but then the actual raw pace wasn't quite good, especially after Monza were. He he was confident and he'd think yeah. right he can build from it. but it didn't really happen. And all weekend he was just a bit behind.
0: See, so I think the raw pace, like you say, a couple of tens, is not awful. As a yeah, it's better than it was. It's better than it was. And this was Norris, who was like we said earlier, was on another level. This was Norris, who was in the zone. We spoke about this during the race, Nigel and I. We spoke about well, I definitely spoke about how it looked like Norris was so at one with the car, it looked like he was just sort of not even driving sort of consciously. One of the, one of the sort of special drives, you, you talk about it with Senna, with um, Hamilton in Barcelona last year is the only time he's really spoken about it. Damon Hills, the famous one for Suzuka 1994, he said it was kind of an out-of-body experience. The speed that Lando just sort of picked up to at, at a level was just... Was perfection, and I kind of think that any any other driver would struggle to match that. And I think, to be fair, for Ricardo to be close to that was actually really good this weekend. Um, That's a fair
1: point. That's a fair point.
0: I'd say I, th- I think Norris was just on such a level. I think Ricardo is still a beautifully brilliant driver. I think Norris is just proving himself once again to be something else. He's still in the fight for third in the championship. What is going on? Um, fifth place. We've spoken about Valtteri Bottas. Sixth place, though, is someone we were both very impressed with today, Fernando Alonso. He yeah. continues his points streak of however long. Alpine have scored points in, what, nearly every race this year, I think. Um,
1: yeah, all but one, I think, something like that. Yeah. quite phenomenal, you know, because because they've not always had... They've sometimes had the six or seven fastest car on some weekends as well, but the yeah. drivers, just like Alonso today, have just maximised everything. I mean, Alonso, when it initially started raiding, was absolutely flying. He was in the podium positions at one point, but then stayed out a little bit too long. If he pitted at the right time, I'm pretty sure he would have been on the podium for the first time since 2014, which would have been amazing. He did as well. But even before that, and with his qualifying as well, probably for me, the driver of the weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're not sure about whether it was his choice to stay out or not, or whether it was the it was the team. But if it was the team, and it wasn't wasn't him. I think he gets the driver of the weekend for me.
0: I just I can't I don't know I mean up until lap forty seven Lando, but um, it's that kind <laughs> of thing. Um, I think yeah, no uh, Fernando was. I think the driver who was so clearly on another level to his teammate this weekend, you look at Ocon and he was, he was nowhere. It was surprising Um, actually, to be honest, because they've been in very, very good form recently, but Alonso did something pretty special in qualifying um, to get to, to get to sixth, I think. Um, And he probably could have been higher up if he, if the slicks had been uh, probably a minute or two earlier. Um, And I think it's the same with the race, with the wets. If he'd been, um, I think if they'd been a bit cannier with their wet tyres, he would have probably been second, really. It would have been Hamilton Alonso Verstappen because of track position. If he had gone that lap earlier, I'm sure, I think there was a reason why it didn't happen. I'm not sure. I can't remember. It might've just been that they just didn't pit then. They didn't know, but who knows?
1: Um, Even in the dry,
0: though, he was keeping
1: the stopping behind, wasn't he? He was going yeah. with that Perez train because I think mean, him and Perez went long in the first in and he was mm. keeping up just about, which is incredible because the Red Bull is obviously much faster than the Alpine. So, yeah, just another fantastic weekend for Alonso.
0: Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time really this year. I mean, he's running, running out of races this year, but I do. I'm, he's the driver I'm most certain of getting a very strong result. Actually, in in in, in the majority of the next few races, um, seventh we've spoken about because it was obviously Lando Norris. Um, he's kept he's kept seventh because he nearly he did have an investigation with the stewards.
1: Um, yeah, why is that not a penalty? Surely it's a slam dunk to me. Like if you go if you cross the white line, that's a penalty. Surely. Yeah,
0: he um <laughs> the official reason was that the car was. Impossible to control at that point. I think that I don't know. I Absolutely. think it is, it is a sympathy non-penalty, Um really. But let's be honest. I mean, sometimes going over the white lines can be a little bit a crap penalty. But yeah, if if you if that if you're talking about putting a wheel a half a wheel over a white line, yeah. But he did just kind of accidentally sort of cut the track, <laughs> um, but. No penalty means that Kimi Räikkönen doesn't get promoted to seventh, but is in eighth place. Um, yeah. And I think that really was, you know, the the dry one of the sort of classic sort of experienced drives you get from someone like Kimi. He, you know, used his guile and yeah. just read the road. Yeah,
1: best best result of the year as well. It's been he deserves more points. That in two years, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Actually, yeah, I, I don't think his points haul this year reflects uh, the standard he's been at because I think he has been quite good um, all mm-hmm. weekend. Is, it's his first weekend back as well since he tested positive for coronavirus, and he blitzed Giovinazzi. Quite frankly, he was yeah. 1.5 seconds ahead in qualifying, stuff like that, and then in the race, obviously, Freddie told me that Giovinazzi had a radial problem, but even still, I think Raikkonen was still that step ahead. Uh, so you know, capitalised on the conditions as you have to do if you're an, if you're the eighth, ninth, or tenth fastest team, and use this experience like like you said. So mm-hmm. great result for and Probably won't be able to get in the top eight again. I'll, I'll I'll imagine so. This could be his peak of twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's good for Alfa Romeo to have a result like that where they're sort of capitalising on a bit of the chaos around them. Because there's been a few times this year where they've had the opportunity to do so and haven't quite got there. Um, Hungary being the sort of main example where they really, really could have been... They've
1: made some big mistakes.
0: Um, but yeah, they just sort of really sort of forgot how to be an F1 team. But this weekend, I think, yeah, Kimi Raikkonen and his sort of team on that side of the garage really, really good job. Hat, hat, hats off to them. And it's like you say, it's a really well deserved and hope it feels weird to sort of think that that's probably is going to be his last best position in F1 yeah. um, before he leaves in seven races or so. Um, but who knows? Judging by the way this season's going, he's probably going to win it, win the championship. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> wow.
0: You heard it here first. Um, Sergio Perez. I think deserves a special mention up there with our Alonzo's and Norris's who drivers of the race. I thought he had a brilliant race. Um, until the end, until the result <laughs> in ninth.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, he didn't have to do much, did he? He didn't do, didn't do that much. So he, just, he just went long, that's all. And he's in, he's in, he's in a good car. That's why I think like, Alonzo is more impressive, because he did, did the same thing with the worst car. But. I think I think it, I will I will say that. I think
0: That's it, a really good point. <laughs> sorry. What was that? Just, uh, no, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I can <laughs> hear
1: it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was Paris's best race for quite a while, though. So you mm. know, it still wasn't amazing. And I think, I think the reason why I don't think it was amazing is because Mercedes did make mistakes, and Paris wasn't there to capitalised properly and I think he should have been fighting for the win I feel he's in a Red Bull he, said he didn't have the perfect weekend so it's the perfect time to strike
0: but I agree with that and I think it was Red Bull that meant he wasn't fighting for the win because he had a 10 second pit stop um,
1: Yeah, I forgot about that <laughs>
0: um, and I think he probably if to be fair if it had stayed dry until lap 53 or whatever I think he would have come out Five or six seconds clear of science, basically, rather than behind him and behind Verstappen. And he would have been able to, I think, be in clean air on similar pace to Hamilton closing up to Norris and Hamilton at front. I think he probably could have been in the final few laps up there in that fight if it had stayed dry. And I think that worked very well. I don't think we got to see the full potential of Perez's uh race that he'd worked very hard, I think, to sort of unfurl early on he, he kept his nose clean early on in a, in a DRS train keeping a little bit back keeping his tyres clean but keeping keeping tabs on everyone he was I mean the Russell bottleneck helped that but um, I think he I thought he drove a very clever race I was just kind of impressed with what I saw um, which he the qualifying could have been better couldn't it Qualifying definitely could have been better but but um he made up for it in the race in my opinion um, but yeah, definitely, he should have been probably on the second row, but he wasn't. Um, and that's, that's, that's the second Red Bull curse, not being able <laughs> to qualify. Um, not really I a curse. <laughs> um, just did not doing well. But um, someone who did qualify well and then went the other way in the race was um, George Russell qualified third, um, mostly by... Just not having any inters left in Q3. So he's just like, well, we've got to go on slicks really early. And then everyone thought it was a master stroke. And he had tires at the perfect temperature. So it meant that he just did a better lap than everyone else because his tires were in a better condition. But he did that and qualified third, kept it on the island, did a really good job, stayed in third for the, pretty much all of the first stint of the race, and then sort of fluctuated between wherever for a bit, and then ended up tenth at the end and got a point.
1: Yeah, and I think he deserves that point because the first part of the race was excellent. I thought he would drop back because he can yes. overtake, and cars behind him were faster. And he didn't put a foot wrong, even though he was under pressure from uh, Straw, Perez, Hamilton, Ricardo, and he was just very, very good. Quite frankly, so yeah. very, very well good. Point.
0: Yeah, very well deserved point. Um, fourth points finish in five races for George Russell. Um. That Williams is a midfield car now, I think.
1: Oh, how good is it, though? That's the thing. We, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to
0: say. You're hard to tell. Let's wait until Alex Albon drives it. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going, to, we're going to go outside the points now. So we're going to rattle through the next few drivers. There's a few of them with a bit to say and a few of them with nothing to say. Uh, 11th place, <clears close>, Lance <throat> Stroll. Um, I think his race went from hero to zero. When he sort of forgot to think later on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a race of two halves, wasn't it? He was yeah. very, very good in the first. Excellent but, but then, uh, when it started raining, usually he's quite good in the wet as well. He had a moment where his teammate really took metal out, and then I didn't. I can't remember the Gazio, or I might not have seen it. I'm not yeah, sure. he got damage. I think he got, yeah. think got a bit of damage
0: from his from his um, for car with Vettel and then was trying to sort uh, of uh, nurse himself around the track and then was overtaken by Gasly and then he locked up and then hit Gasly and spun Gasly round in a oh big little no. accident and he got a 10-second penalty for that in the end. Yeah, I mean,
1: pretty deserved penalty. I don't think
0: you can oh, really argue against actually. that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong lap chart. Oh. Um,
1: you, you, you. Aston Martin, they'll be disappointed that they didn't get any points because a race like this,
0: Stroll should have been up there with Alonso.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and Veto as well. You know they didn't get the strategy right with him, so they'll be annoyed that they could have scored big and now fifth place, even sixth place in the constructors championship. It's looking, it's looking like a pretty big ask right now with seven yeah. races to go and Aston Martin. They would have been hoping for much better. And, you know, it's this kind of weekend, Hungary as well. You know, Vettel was disqualified the then, but Stroll caused the mayhem, made the mayhem. He didn't get any points there. So,
0: yeah, it's a crucial. There still opportunities for it. Well. There was, they've had, both had good pace at lots of points this race, but they just weren't in the right places to capitalize on that pace. Um, speaking of Vettel, uh, he had some of the racing nows of the season. I'd say in his little scrap with Charles Leclerc um, early on where they just had a little duel on a track you can't race at pretty much um, for however many from what turn two or turn one really. Five corners, was not (laughs) it? Yeah. to like turn seven or eight and nearly taking out Max Verstappen in the process. They were so set on each other. Um, I feel that was one of Vettel's highlights of of just racing in a long time. Um, Wheel to wheel combat has been what we sort of criticize him for recently. And he's proved to himself that he can do it. So hopefully he takes that on takes that on, um, takes that on with him in the future. Um, and yeah, twelfth place. Uh, it's just yeah. The same things we said with Stroll.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean very very quickly, because you were you were on the last podcast. What did you make of the driver announcement a couple weeks ago last? Was it the right thing to do or it's the right
0: thing to do it's definitely the right thing to do um vettel's doing very well at that team um to be honest i don't think anyone would really be doing better based on where that car is this year and i think vettel i mean maybe like you can put a hamilton in there and if they're really at one with the car can do fantastic bits but i think for the driver you're after, for that kind of level of team, he's doing the job, and I think he's the kind of guy who would do well in a regulation change. So that's why I think he'd be good for 2022. Um, what me
1: and Adam mentioned is that I, well, I thought Vettel would be more ahead, and I can't help but feel both a bit inconsistent. Both Vettel and Stroll, and next year when you, I think, that, I
0: think that's more of the Aston Martin car. Do you think? I think so because the the car is the design concept of this car it takes us back to a debate from early in the season about rake and the new regulations for 2021 that was sort of to trim off the rake really and this car concept isn't designed for what formula one is at the moment and i feel like they've got to kind of double down on a kind of weird setup which doesn't really help the car um, that's, that's a theory of mine let's be honest but I think it's a good theory <laughs> that's I why I think Aston Martin was quite peaky this year
1: mm, I don't know I just I, if, if you think about Alpine they don't have the best car even I'd say it arguably isn't as good as the Aston Martin but Occon and Alonso that combination they've got those two temps like per lap So I think but there's more potential
0: the in the Aston Martin but I think there's more sort of set up ability in the Alpine um, possibly. Yeah. possibly but there's a whole reset next year which I think means is really when you can probably judge a driver really hard I think it's, it's an awkward time for Aston Martin to be judging their drivers and Vettel has been the lead driver and he's had spectacular highs so um I think keep those and hope they I mean, his his year has been a lot better than um, last year, so... Well,
1: yeah, it could be much worse, could it? (laughs) No,
0: exactly. Um, But yeah, enough about um, the driver market. God, we've still got the Alfa Romeo seat to fill. Um, But a driver who has been, up until the start of Q2, probably deserved to be in the fight for the top six this weekend. And then he wasn't because he didn't make it out of Q2 and that's Pierre Gasly he said after the race that his team didn't deserve to score points today um wow which is an interesting comment um he also was very disappointed with their strategy in qualifying yesterday so Gasly's not being happy with that with the way the AlphaTauri have run their races this weekend I think being spun around in a in a crash at the end of the race probably didn't help his temper but Alpha I think, have had a bit of a naff weekend.
1: Yeah. And no after, points.
0: No points.
1: Yeah, after, after Monza as well, they didn't score points either. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not good. Snowder still hasn't shown much either. And
0: Gasly. Worst, worst weekend of the year for Snowder, my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's
1: pretty bad ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. But at least he showed some. Like, someone like Imler, he crashed, yeah. But he showed some potential coming back in the race, even over at Hamilton at one point. Whereas in this yeah, one, there was just sh- two seconds later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, it, but there were flashes. This one had nothing.
1: There's been a few weekends like that,
0: unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: That's
0: um, just,
1: at, at the moment, you know, without changes. But yeah, on Gasly, it seems like it was a team fault. Or throughout the weekend, they do a team errors. There there was there wasn't much he could do uh, because he called to go on. Uh, new intermediates didn't he in Q2 and the team Mm. didn't do that and then Dan just put him on the back foot I think so and then from there he's not in the right position and then he just didn't have a great Sunday as well so
0: not a good weekend he was picking up that decision a bit too much though because um, Stroll got through to Q3 on one set of Inters Um, uh, a few others did the McLaren Ricardo did people who who were on similar pace to him at the time Did manage it, and he didn't. So I think there was more opportunity there than he's he's trying to have people believe. Um, But yeah, he was fighting. He was basically pit by Williams, (laughs) doing it. Yeah, just you know, going gung ho for the top ten rather for tenth place rather than eleventh, really. Um, and that worked out because they got third. But yeah, I think. Alpha Tari are going to probably have a bit of soul searching in the next week or two and come back to Turkey. Um, because they're a package that can do really well and they're a package that will carry on to do really well this year. But just yeah, they've gone through a, a the opposite of a purple patch, a you know, just a patch. <laughs> What's the opposite of purple as a colour? I don't know. Orange, you want of an orange patch? That's a
1: very good question. I what's the opposite, but I'm going to think about that for the next two hours.
0: <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we're having this effect. Um, we've spoken about Espanoc on a bit when we spoke about Fernando Alonso. I'm just going to give him a one word review now, and it's kind of underwhelming.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Underwhelming, that's a good word.
0: Yeah, he can do better. Come on, S-Bam, we believe um charlotte claire had lots of potential to be doing one of the great drives in the dry of recovery showed bottas how to do it really and how to get through the field he was doing the best job of the guys from the back he was ahead of the staff for the lot the majority of the race um and he started on in 19th um so charlotte claire did a fantastic job but i yeah the preference to intermediate time went to science and he stayed out way too long um on dry tyres and just aquaplaned very nearly into the wall i think he did i think he did pretty well to actually get the car around the check the checker flag if i'm honest um but i yeah. read
1: that Leclerc wanted to pit as well but he but because they had the tires ready for science they couldn't so they had to go round yeah. again so had Leclerc pitted he could have been on the podium possibly it would have been remarkable oh, maybe he was already, maybe forth <laughs> Seven. So, yeah,
0: that, that, yeah, those are the margins of those final laps at this Grand Prix because Leclerc's fifteenth, and he could well have been, like you say, in contention for a trophy. Um, then we got Giovinazzi, who didn't have any radio, but was out without classed by Raikkonen all weekend. Um, Sonoda, who was more than outclassed by Gasly, <laughs> despite Gasly having a poor weekend, which I think says a lot. Um, Unfortunately, Sonoda did get a fresh set of vintage in Q two, and still was behind Gasly, um, which wasn't wasn't great. Um, last of the finishers was Nikita Mazepin, who had a good start and sort of if you have a good start in the house, you just sort of peel back, which is what happened. Um, it was has probably could have used this race to benefit, but they were already two laps down, I think, so they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: I, mean, I was good because Schumacher retired early, didn't he? I mean, it would have been interesting if he could have stayed on the lead lap somehow. I don't doubt it. But if he could have, then perhaps there was the potential to... If, if he if he pitted on the, on the perfect lap, perfect time, maybe this was the
0: chance to score a point. Or am I going a bit too far? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, the field was relatively congested because the leaders were midfield cards. So when McLaren and Ferrari were leading for a lot of it, and then you had a Williams bottleneck and so on, and there was never a sort of, until late on, really, did you get a bolt away from Norris and Hamilton. Um, I think, really, if, if that hadn't happened, maybe, but I don't know, really. I mean, Mick did eventually manage to get get past Mazepin um, sort of midway through the race, but well, they were on uh, alternate strategies, I think, anyway, which didn't help them out. So who knows? It was Mick's first retirement of the year, um, first retirement in Formula One. Bound to happen at some point. Got had a hydraulic issue. Um, maybe they could have done something. It, it, you know, if you're not in the race, you can't. We, we don't know. That's really it. What um, qualifying was outstanding. Four and a half seconds quicker than Massa. Yeah.
1: You know, what, yeah. what is going on? Even even if Massa been had a bad lap, I think you know Schumacher must have done something pretty good. So. Yeah. Just
0: some credit for that. Um, Nicholas Latifi had a retirement as well. He was the um only kind of crash of the race. He got caught out on slicks at the end in the rain and spun out, did his rear wing, and I think came into the pits and just retired. So he could have been the safety car that Norris desired, but he was able to get it back to the pits and had. You know, he's had an okay weekend. He had very, very good pace before they announced that he was having an engine penalty, which I thought was a shame because I think he could well have had a star qualifying performance. I mean, not third place maybe, but he proved he had pace to reckon with and he yeah, could have been, been a factor in, in in the race if he wasn't starting in 18th um, yeah. due to a penalty. But yeah, it's one of those weekends, isn't it? Where he's kind of like, what if?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. it's something that I can't think
0: of anything else to add for Latifi. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of summing up, I mean, we've got to the end of the, of the grid of the race results for the Russian Grand Prix in 2021. And speaking of summing up, Nigel, can you give me a couple of sentences for what you thought about that? Just, you know, did you, did you love it? Do you think we'll ever get a better race in Russia?
1: I don't think we will get a better race in well. In Russia, yes, maybe not Sochi. Yeah, (laughs) so uh, you know know what, it's just brilliant. It was just just after qualifying, it felt like it was going to be a good race, and sometimes when that happens, it doesn't always deliver, but it definitely did. Yeah, you know, we had a proper fight for the lead, there were no safety cars like we talked about earlier, it was just a full on green flag scrap all the way to the end of all the points paying positions and we've had another great race I mean we haven't had many boring or dull races this year which is just remarkable and Mm -hmm. just two points between Verstappen and Howlton as well it's perfectly poised we've just been so fortunate with F1 this year, it's been absolutely fantastic and if anyone is listening to this, you know, just enjoy every second of it as as you can because we might not get this next year or or
0: soon perhaps i couldn't agree more with all of that you're right enjoy every second of it just yeah don't complain if people are going so you know uh giving so much detail to i know a crash between title rivals because that is not normal this is not a normal season liberty came in and said they wanted to have 20 super bowls every week for formula one really and we we scoffed them like oh maybe we get two or three every great races and then you'll get a few sort of standard races and then a few NAF ones. But really, it can be done. It can be done. And I think, yeah, we are being spoiled. And I think we'll look back on this year in 20 years' time and go, whoa, 2021, what a time.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we were calling this season a classic after, what, four or five races? After five minutes. Even after that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even after that, it's, it's just been amazing so yeah can't wait for the next one in turkey
0: yeah back to turkey um we'll have a podcast previewing the turkish grand prix coming for you guys um in the meantime keep an eye on all of our social platforms at winging at f1 for the winging at f1 podcast twitter account um i'm at Fred Coates 1999 on twitter nigel's at nigel c journo and our dear host who's not here because he's in america adam dickinson at adam dickinson01 you can go there and speak to him about all things oklahoma university um (laughs) because why not i mean so everyone could speak to us about sheffield university then
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah they can
0: go for it speak to us about sheffield university um all the history we, we're we going to do a special podcast episode about
1: that'll
0: be our hundredth episode oh, then. <laughs> yeah 100th episode uh, but yeah come back come back come back come back and see you soon thanks so much for listening everyone we hope you enjoyed the russian grand prix and we hope we all enjoy the turkish grand prix have a good one goodbye